0: I was reading Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, the other week and found it very relevant for the times that we're in. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you principles to learn from good to great. Welcome to Business Leaders Coach, where we educate, enable, equip and empower you to become the best leader you can be. My name is Tayo Shimbi, founder of Business Leaders Coach. We work with CEOs and leadership teams moving from startup to scale up. While on this podcast, I bring you practical steps that you can apply in your leadership today. We draw wisdom from some of the best business books, bring on guests, entrepreneurs, and authors as well. And you can go to business leaders coach forward slash podcast to subscribe so that we can send each episode as well as any templates or tools that might come with subsequent episodes. Now, I wanna welcome you to episode 41. And recently, as I said in the intro, I was rereading, or you could say listening, to Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, as I'm currently working on pulling together a coaching process for leaders that can help accelerate their leadership growth And so I was going through the book and I realized how relevant it is for the times that we are in. Now, if you haven't read it, it should be a must read for you and your leadership team, especially if you're scaling up your business because Jim and his team did uncover some timeless principles about yes to build a business and make the business great but actually is any organization of people. He actually says that in the book that they wanted to pull out principles that can be applied to any kind of business at any point in time and so in this podcast I'm going to share with you, it's almost like a brief overview, I'm not going through every aspect but I wanted to pull out some of the key principles that you can take away from this book, even though you haven't maybe read it. So I hope it prompts you to take action in any of these areas that I mentioned. And as I said, it will be good for you to get the book and read it or listen to it on audio. It might be a good reminder if you've read it before, because uh, I'm going to highlight a few things that maybe you've forgotten, or maybe you need to apply it right now in your business. So if you haven't read the book, Good to Great is based on research that Jim Collins, the author, conducts with his team. And they're looking at what is it that makes some companies great over time, while others might be considered as just good. Now, the team selected a list of companies that displayed consistent results over 15 years and beyond and they compared them to similar companies in the same industry around the same time with the question, what is it that makes these companies great? And what he found was based on three disciplines. So the book is based on these three core overarching principles or disciplines, and number one was disciplined people, the second was disciplined thought while the third was disciplined actions. And so each discipline is divided into two areas of focus. And I'm just gonna go through five of them very briefly. As I said, the whole aim of this podcast is to prompt your thinking, just so that you can quickly get this under your own belt if you need to apply immediately, or to encourage you to, as I said, it may be a good exercise for you and your team To read it chapter by chapter and actually discuss it even as part of your board meetings so the first one is on disciplined people what they found in the process of looking at what made a company great was that they could not ignore that leadership mattered. in fact Jim says that he instructed the team not to focus on leadership but that the evidence became very clear that they couldn't ignore it and so this came about with them uncovering the kind of leadership that they found so it was a unique type of leadership that they had to give it a name and they ended up calling it level five leadership and what they found about this leadership was that it was quite different from the other types of leaderships that we see in typical organizations in fact they gave five distinctive levels of leadership that I'll run through very quickly level one was the highly capable individual level two was the contributing team member level three was a competent manager level four the effective leader and then level five was simply called level five executive and so the leaders of these organizations that were classified as level five They were seen to be humble and at the same time had a strong will to get things done. And so the formula therefore was humility plus will equals level five. And so if you want to build a great company, you're going to need to, first of all, choose to be a level five leader yourself and look for ways to develop level five leaders and by the way the idea of level five leader is not just a title it's actually more of a mindset and then a behavior it's a mindset of humility and strong will and so it's not only the ceo that can be a level five leader you could actually have a number of level five leaders within your organization based on this decision and if you read the book you'll find out that these are leaders that don't want to take necessarily need to take credit for job done there's lots of other attributes that come with this understanding of level five leadership but a question for you right now is are you choosing to be that kind of leader okay let's go to the next one the next one was the principle of first who then what? And what this meant was that they observed that these companies, these are the great companies, they focused much more in making sure that they hired the right people before determining where they are actually going. Now basically in many of the examples that were used in the book these were already established businesses, they were not startups so there's a slight nuance around that that i think you do need to have some kind of idea if you're starting a new business we would normally say have a vision statement but obviously this was about them taking this business now to that next level so this was important to observe that if a ceo was thinking of taking the business to the next level the point that jim and the team were making is that they made sure that they found the right people first And then they got those people to define what that next level or that next vision looked like. So this is where we get the analogy that we've got to get the right people on the bus first and the wrong people off before we put them in the right seats. And so some key principles that came out of this research was that these companies, when in doubt of a hire, they didn't hire the person whenever they were in doubt. And also they said, when you know you need to make a people change, act. right. Think it through and then act. Don't delay. And then the third one was put your best people on your biggest opportunities, not on your biggest problems. And so overall, the right people will be the people that share similar core values to you that are able to contribute to the business. In many ways so the question you've got to ask is do you have a process that enables you to find the right people in fact he actually says that when people say people are our greatest assets that that's actually wrong he says it's the right people that are our greatest assets that's the right thing so it's all about focusing on getting the right people so again I ask the question do you have a process that enables you to find the right people. The third principle is to confront the brutal facts, yet never losing faith. This was about having a relentless resolve that we will get through this even while acknowledging the facts that things are challenging. Now, I shared about this in episode 40, which was titled Five Choices great leaders make to manage crisis you might want to listen to that as i shared about this the it's something called the stockdale principles and you should listen to it because it demonstrates the high level of emotional intelligence about still acknowledging that you are going through a challenging time but then having the resolute to believe that you will come through it so what they do is they confront the facts and then still believe that they can go through that they can get through it so what typically happens is sometimes we don't want to know the facts or we hide from knowing the truth or we tell ourselves rational lies we rationalize the situation And then we teach our team members to do the same uh, and they would do that. They would not name what the issue is. Also, all in the name of trying to keep the environment positive, they overlook the brutal facts. And so the question that if you want to apply this that you're going to need to ask is what are those brutal facts? And then you're going to need to also train your team members to be able to have the confidence to tell you the brutal facts just as they are. There's a great story of the previous CEO of Ford, Alan, who shares of one of his meetings where the company was in the red and yet all people's Excel sheets were showing green and he had to challenge them that how can this how how can this be? It's one of those things where sometimes even team members feel the need to want to present things in a positive way. And we've got to, if you're going to apply this principle, it's all about applying it to become comfortable to know what the brutal facts are. So the question is, do you have a process that brings you to awareness of the brutal facts? That's number three. The fourth principle that I want to highlight from the book, Good to Great, is the hedgehog principle. I think it's fair to say that maybe we might get companies that might practice the previous three. But the hedgehog principle is the one that I believe a business needs to have to be able to stand out and become great. The reason why it's called the hedgehog principle is because he uses the metaphor of a fox and a hedgehog. And so rather being like a fox that goes from here to there and everywhere, the hedgehog has one concept. It has one way of protecting itself. And so it's all about making that choice to be the best at what you do best and stay in that lane. And he calls it transcending the curse of competence. He says, just because something is your core business or just because you've been doing it for years does not mean that you can be the best in it in the world. And so you have to figure out what that thing is that you can be best at. And so there are three questions that you're gonna need to ask, what you're deeply passionate about, then what you can be the best in the world at and then what drives your economic engine and so these three questions are in circles and these circles overlap each other and that's what gives you the hedgehog concept so this obviously takes a lot of discipline it takes time it takes a lot of conviction to be able to say no to certain things um, and actually decline certain things that could bring in a lot of money but it might not necessarily be what you are best at and so asking that question what are you going to be best at is a question that I think not many companies give themselves the time and space to challenge themselves on you know Jim also did mention that this is something that doesn't always come immediately in some situations it takes time to uncover what that is but I guess you have to keep on asking yourself and you and your team that what do we think we can become best at? Because that almost makes you unique in the marketplace. And people come to you because of that. Definitely there are companies that we know are best at what they do. IKEA are best at what they do for this flat pack type of furniture. You know, we ha- I have to give it to Apple. They are the best in terms of slick technology, easy to use. I mean, they're just certain companies that that's what they're known for. And that's what has actually made them who they are today, uh, even though they are competitors. And so it's that kind of concept that you want to focus on. And it's a question that I think will evolve over time with you and your team. But even now, what will be your answer? And it could also be something that you can ask your customers because sometimes customers, can highlight why they come to you in this current time. The fifth and final one that I want to highlight is culture of discipline and so this is a chapter that again if there was any chapter that you wanted to all read in order to be able to have an influence immediately it will be this one because this is the chapter that talks about creating that culture of discipline and so if you are scaling up and you need to maintain a certain culture, this is what you want to read, discuss it, and really pull out some of the key principles. This chapter does start with uh, the typical scenario of what happens in a startup and how the startup normally starts off with a lot of flexibility. People do different things. And then he says, and I'm going to quote from the book, he says, few successful startups become great companies in large part because they respond to growth and success in the wrong way. When a startup starts to scale up, it could potentially switch and begin to bring in professional management systems that kill the entrepreneurial spirit. And so Jim says that the way to go is to avoid bureaucracy and hierarchy and instead create a culture of discipline. So the way to do this is by having a culture of discipline because you've hired people of discipline. So this goes back to who you hire and this can only really be done because you have hired disciplined people in the first place. As I think of this hybrid world that we are now in, that we're working in, This is pivotal. This is so important. I think this is the one of the main solutions to becoming a company in the 21st century is that you do want to make sure that you find people that are self-disciplined in order to be able to live in this hybrid world that we are in. So do you have a culture of discipline? Do you have clarity around clear roles and responsibilities because that's one of the key things once you've given people clear roles and responsibilities and then you allow them the freedom to execute on that that freedom is simply the responsibilities and the roles and then the rest they can use their own initiative in fact finding people with more of an entrepreneurial flavor and entrepreneurial leadership perspective will be helpful in the world that we are in today so that they can think on your behalf they can help to generate new ideas i think that's what a lot of companies need to be looking for so there you have it a brief overview of good to great even though i didn't touch on two areas the technology accelerators and the flywheel effect maybe i'll come back to those in another episode if i have time but i just wanted to highlight these five number one become a level five leader are you a level five leader? Are you leading towards that? Number two, choose the right who, then what. Always remember, you got to get the right people first before you think of the clear direction of where you're going. Number three, face the brutal facts. Don't run away from the facts. At the same time, have that resolute belief that you will get through it number four find your hedgehog concept remember the three questions and then number five create a culture of discipline if you do have any ideas for any new podcasts email me at toye at businessleaderscoach.com you can go to businessleaderscoach.com forward slash podcast to see the show notes for this and for now this is Toyo B signing off speak to you soon